Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. This is the little thought that came to us today. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. People have dismissed religion. And uh, until recently, most people had forgot about God. But this says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Well, preacher, what is that word? Love. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Bible says God is love. And we want to call ourselves Christians. The Bible says that the folks that were in Antioch were first called Christians. And the reason they were was because they were Christ-like. So if we are going to be Christ-like, if we're going to be the church, there's more to church than coming into a building, sitting on a pew, putting your money in the plate, getting up and going home. That's not church. The church loves people. They love one another. They love folks that aren't the church. They love their neighbors. They love their friends. They love their acquaintances. They love people they don't even know. That's the church. And so this says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You're not going to do anything to yourself. You wouldn't stick your hand in the fire. You wouldn't take a nail and drive a nail through your hands or anything like that. And we wouldn't want to do that to our neighbor as well, would we? If we're going to do it for ourselves and it's for our betterment, we should want to do it for our neighbor too. Now, folks, I want to tell you this today. It's about time we love each other. We've seen in this thing that's going on right now, greed. We've seen folks hoard and put away things that they'll, it'll take them years to use. Had my neighbor who I who moved in just across the street, down the, down the street just a little ways yesterday, he, he and his wife were out walking. They were taking some canned goods to the other neighbor up the street. We talked for a few minutes, and he said, if there's anything that we can do to help you, just let us know. That was about the fourth time that I have spoken to him, yet he was willing to help me if I needed help. That's what being a neighbor is. That's what being a, a, a believer is. And folks, it's time that we show who we are and who we belong to. We need to love our neighbor as ourself. And so we read in the Bible uh, about a certain young lawyer. And he went to the Lord and he said this. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord returned the question to him. And he said, he said, what does the Bible say? What do the scriptures say? And he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, thou hast said well. But the, the lawyer willing to justify himself said, and who is my neighbor? Now, by definition, if you looked it up, 
You might, you might read in the dictionary that it was the person that lived near you. But that's not what Jesus' definition was. Now was it? We read where that Jesus told him about a, a, a man that came down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Now let's stop right there for a minute and take a look at where this man was going and why he needed help. When you walk away from Jerusalem, I know we can't open the doors and folks can't file into the church house like we traditionally do, but when you walk away from Jerusalem, when you walk away from church, from the folks that love you, and I know, again, we can't meet like we traditionally do, but you will never find another group of people that love you anymore than what Christians do down at the house of God. Your love I can tell you as your pastor when I look around and you're not sitting where you traditionally said, I miss you. I wonder what's wrong. And I know that I'm not the only one that does that. Your church misses you too. We miss one another. But there'll be a day as we sing the song one day after all. What a day that will be whenever we get to meet together. Coronavirus can't keep us from rising to be in the air and being with him forever, for eternity. I like the song when the saints go marching in. We'll rise to meet him in the air. We'll ride on a cloud. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is not the worst, I'm telling you. This is not as good as it gets. There's a better day coming. One day after a while. For those that have believed and trusted on him. All right, love thy neighbor. The man was walking away from Jerusalem. If you study the Christian faith, if you study the Jewish faith, the Muslim faith, Jerusalem is an important city. It's the center for the religious activity in the world, I guess you'd say. And there are folks today that have walked away. Their name is on a church road somewhere, but it's been years since they've darkened the door. Preacher, I can't go right now. You can call somebody that you went to church with and say, hey, I've missed you. I loved you. I'm just checking on you to see if you're okay. We can still be the church. And listen, if these doors and this carpet... And these pews are what's keeping you close to the Lord. You're missing the boat. Oh, this is what this book right here says. Study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not being ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. Your prior life, your time in God's word is what's going to keep you close to him. Going to an occasional church service is not going to keep you close to the Lord. But your heart your desire to be near him is what's going to make a difference. All right. This man left Jerusalem going down to Jericho. When you walk away from the church, trouble is going to follow. When you walk away from Jerusalem and from those folks that love you and have your best interest at heart, trouble is close by and it will find you. Let me tell you a little secret today. Satan's got a plan for you. 
And he don't have to wait till you get back to work, back to church, back to your normal routine. He's got something laid out for you today. And he'd like to sift you as sweet. He'd like to destroy you. Some of you out here listening to me under the sound of my voice right now are worried about what tomorrow holds. You've lost your job. You're worried where you're going to pay your bills, where the money's going to come from. And I can't tell you that I, that, that I have it to give to you, but I can't tell you I know a man who can. I know somebody that's a miracle worker. I know somebody that if you lean on him, the Bible says, trust not thy own understanding, but trust in the Lord. If you lean on Him and you'll trust Him, He'll make a way when it seems like there's no way. Amen. This man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And they rented his clothes and left him half dead. They wounded him. You're walking around today, aren't you, from wounds that you've carried for years from things that have been said. And I've talked to people. I've heard folks say things. I've heard stories about how unkind words were shared and it broke someone's heart and they never trusted the folks at the church again. If a few words is what's separating you from hell, you better let go of that because hell is real, folks, and it's a burning fire and you'll go there over the mercy of a living God. Hey, Rennie's clothes left him to die. This world doesn't care about you. But where there's compassion, where there's kindness, where, where is God, preacher, in this day and age? Where there's compassion, where there's kindness, where there's love, there's God. Oh, that men would trust on him and believe in him. Oh, this man fell among thieves and left him half dead. Left him there to die. That's the way that this world works. But I'm here to tell you today, there's someone that cares. Well, who is it, preacher? Well, I've interacted with the pastor. I've interacted with the deacons. I've interacted with the church folks. They don't seem to care about me. Not everyone does. But if they're in the center of God's will, they'll love you. They'll provide for you. They'll give you love and compassion and mercy that you can't find anywhere else. All right. And just so happened the priest passed by. And he saw, I'm sure, the young lad in trouble and walked by on the other side. And a Levite also passed by and walked by on the other side. Men may have shunned you. They may have looked at you and said, you're not like us. You don't dress like us. You don't walk like us. You don't talk like us. You don't look like us. Men may have turned you away, but I'm here to tell you about one today that will never turn you away. He said, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm here to tell you today about a man that gave his life 
die for you. I'm here to tell you today about a man that shed his blood for you that was wounded for our transgressions, that was bruised for our iniquity. And when he saw a little lost eight-year-old boy several years ago down on my knees, afraid of dying and going to hell, he didn't pass by on the other side. He didn't turn away. I had nothing to offer. I had nothing to show him. I had nothing of value, just a handful of dust. But he took interest in me and he redeemed me through his marvelous grace. He washed my sins away with his blood that was shed on Calvary. Yes, this man, this Samaritan took the time to make something worthy of something that was pitiful, of something that was awful, of something that was covered in sin. He made a redeemed soul out of this little boy. And you're no different than me. You're not one bit different than me. That's right. These folks that sung and testified today, Juanita gave a wonderful testimony about where conviction set upon her heart. If you'll listen, Jesus is talking to you too. If you'll listen, Jesus would like to save your soul today too. I don't care where your life is at. I don't care how down you are. I don't care how far Satan has got you down. He'll tell you nobody cares. You'll never get out of the situation that you're in. You know that he told this young man that as well. Nobody look at that preacher passing by. He ain't even spoke to you or noticed you. Nobody cares about you, boy. Look at the deacon. Look at the Levite passing by. Why he ain't even looked your way. Nobody cares about you. But then the good Samaritan. And if you read your Bible, the Jews hated the Samaritans. They didn't get along with them at all. It doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what your nationality is. Jesus died for all. Oh, that you would just listen. That you'd stop and take a minute to survey where your life is. Where you're going if you don't trust the Lord. The Samaritan passed by. Two nationalities that hated one another. That's not the only time we can read about that. We read about Paul, who was called Saul to begin with in the book of Acts. We read about him and how he hated the people that called on Christ. But then we read, after Jesus passed by, he said himself, the things I once loved, I now hate, and the things I once hated, I now love. When Jesus comes in, it makes a difference. So the Samaritan took the man that maybe have even said slang and derogatory things about his nationality himself. I don't know what kind of fellow this was that fell among thieves, but I'm sure he may have even said something derogatory about the Samaritans. Yet this Samaritan took the time to, to tend to his wounds. He poured in oil and wine. And he took that man that didn't care much for him and he set him upon his own beast. He bore his burden. He took him to a place where he could find peace and rest. 
What do you think Jesus has done for you? Well, when he was on the cross of Calvary, he bore your burden all the way up Calvary's hill. He was nailed to the cross of Calvary in his hands and his feet but to pay for my sin and for your sin. He's already paid your debt with the Samaritan got this man to the end. He said, here's two pence and if, I owe, if he owes anything when I come back, I shall repay your remedy for sin is already paid for. The, the anecdote for your disease that's eating you alive, you think COVID is bad, you take a look at sin and what it's doing to you. COVID may cost you your life, but sin will make you burn in hell for an eternity. And without the blood of Jesus, there is no hope. The Samaritan took the young lad, put him upon his own beast, cared for him. There's more to this than I can ever preach out. Just as Jesus took you when you were laying helpless. Just as Jesus took you when you had nothing to offer. Just as Jesus took you when you were a sinner lost and undone without him. He took you when you had nothing and gave you everything. Oh, he paid the price for the remedy for that disease that had eaten us alive, sin. He gave us the cure and he left us just like the, the Samaritan left the man with the innkeeper he said, here's two pence, and if you owe anything, when I come again, I shall repay. I read just the other day, I believe it was over in the first chapter of Acts, it said that, he said, I go away, but when I go away, I'll come again and receive you into myself, that where I am there, you may be also. And as he stood there, two angels stood there and talked to the men as they saw Jesus going away in the clouds in the first book of Acts. And it said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing? You think COVID's going to do us in? I'm going to give you another revelation. And I'm not going to charge you a dime for it because it's free in the Word of God. Jesus is coming back. That's right. You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? There's no time for us to stand there gaze around. We've got business to be about. We're still one of God's little children. I read about a man named Mephibosheth and you may feel like you're Mephibosheth. You may feel like you're down in Lodibar in a dry and a barren place. Chill up. You're one of the king's children and you're still blessed. The Samaritan left the man that was wounded, whose wounds he intended to and taken care of, in the hands of the innkeeper, didn't he? Jesus went away. He said, if I go away, I shall come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. What did the Samaritan say? When I come again, I shall repay <coughs> Friend, it's been a blessing and a privilege 
to be at Dutch Bottoms the years that I've been here. I've had to have the privilege of seeing folks saved, get up with a testimony that Jesus saved my soul. I've had the privilege of baptizing folks, giving a witness that they belong to the King and they wanted to be identified with God's people. Yeah. Oh, you know what our you know what our charge is as a church? Our charge is to take care of those folks. Just as the innkeeper was to take care of that man that had fell among thieves, it's our charge, and I've tried this week, I've made a special effort to try and call folks, check on them and to see how they're doing. But you know who else needs to get a call? That young Christian that just got saved. They need to know just because we're not beaten, we're still the church. We still love and we still got a great God. We need to take care of each other. What man of you, seeing your neighbor, lacking the necessities, food and clothing, and you say be warm and be blessed, but you don't offer him, and I can't quote it exactly, but it's over in the book of John, little John. And you say be warm and blessed, but you don't provide him with what he needs. What good have we done? John, I believe it's chapter 3, says we need to love not only in word, but love in deed, in deed, and in truth. I could tell my wife, I love you, and I try to. I try too often. I could tell my wife, I love you, but if she never knew when I was coming home, if I never spent the first dollar I made to buy a grocery or to pay a bill, if I never showed my face around her, but every once in a great while I'd whip out the cell phone, I'd give her a call and say, oh, I love you, the words wouldn't mean much. We need, I'm going to tell you, our life proves exactly what we are. Did you know that? We proved what we are. I'm about done. Here I stand right here. I'm J.D. Strange's son. I've got the gray hair to prove it. I've got the bubble in the middle to prove it. I've got the diabetes to prove it. I've got the bad teeth to prove it. But I hope on the inside you know that I love you. I hope on the inside you know I want Dutch Bottoms Church to keep rolling right along. I hope on the inside that you, that you know that I'm praying for your sinners. We've got little girls at Dutch Bottoms that need salvation and maybe somebody else. I don't know, you may have done ever darkened the door of this church, but your heart may be beating out of you right now. The Lord may be set conviction upon your heart right now. I want you to know it could be just you and the Lord. And if you'll call on it, this scripture says, let every man work out his own salvation with fear and much trembling. If you're afraid and you don't want to go to hell, talk to Jesus right now and beg to save your soul. You can be saved all by yourself. Just you and the Lord if you'll call on Him. Amen. Amen. 
the only, just a few requirements I read about in the, in the Word of God for salvation, the seed has to be sown, and you've heard that this morning, and conviction has to set in upon your heart. You have to know you're a sinner before you can become one. If, you, if what you do don't bother you, you're probably not a sinner. But if first some guilt, first a tugging on that heart, and deep down you know you're not right. Deep down you know if something were to happen to you, you wouldn't want to face God. You better pray. Preacher, I'd love to come to that altar. There's not one thing special about this altar. Did you know that? Why, it's just wood, carpet. That's all it is. Not one thing special about that. You can get just as close to God right where you're at right now as you could right here. Let me give you the scripture to prove it. He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart and will save such as be of a contrite spirit. The Lord's arm is not shortened that it cannot save. You don't need me sitting right beside of you or praying with my arm around you for you to receive salvation. I don't have any special power. And as a matter of fact, the older I get, the less strength I seem to have. I don't have anything special in my hands. But if the hand of the Lord reaches down to you and picks you up, there's nothing else like it. You will know. And I believe that our articles of faith teach that there is a radical and essential difference between the righteous and the wicked. God makes a change. Mama, may not care a thing about you. I've met people like you. That's a shame. Your mama's just using them. Your daddy may not even know your name. He may not even know you exist. He may have left you, cast you aside a long, long time ago. Your brothers and sisters may not be able to stand the ground that you walk on, but I know one that loves you. Jesus does. He said he would never leave us. Now listen, Christian. Don't you hold your head down. Jesus said he would never, never. Did you hear that word? Never is forever. He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. And the scripture, as a matter of fact, says, For lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. And I'm telling you this, don't be down about the situation we're in right now, because if it ends tomorrow, I'm going farther than just the end of this world with it. I'm going on to glory. I'm going to rejoice forever and ever. I'm going to get down to these feet and say, thank you, Lord, for saving a wretch like me. And I want to go with you too. And you can go with me. All you've got to do is ask him and you shall receive. Folks, we've got scientists researching trying to find an answer to this virus. Brilliant men. IQs above 160, I'm sure. Working diligently. 
to try to solve this problem. Because your sin problem's already been resolved. All you, and it's very simple. Do you know that? It's very simple to be saved. You don't have to know my name. You don't have to know the Ten Commandments. You don't have to know the 18 Articles of Faith. You don't have to be a Baptist. But you must be born again. Somebody is waiting on you. Somebody has an outstretched hand ready to lift you up. Somebody cares. And if the church member, if the priest had been where he needed to be, if the Levite had been where he needed to be, he'd have stopped right then and helped this young man out. But somebody cares. Don't ever let Satan tell you, and I, I, I heard the statistics this week, that the, the suicide rate, that they had eight just in the last two weeks. You know what that is? That's Satan getting the best of you. That's Satan telling you that nobody cares. Let me just remind you, he's a liar. And the father of it. Jesus loves you. If you didn't get a thing out of what I said, if you despise the very words and the ground that I walk on, remember this, Jesus loves you. He's waiting to help you. But you know what? He will never drag you by the hair of the head. He will never force himself on you. If you want him, you've got to ask for him. I never read in the Bible for anybody that received a miracle. And we heard the testimony just a minute ago. From Miss Fox that said she received a miracle. Did you notice what she said? She prayed for it. She desired it. She went to church anyway. Thank God for folks that will go anyway. You let the first little old unkind word be said, the first little runny nose, first little headache or whatever, and people will miss a week. And I know we can't go like we normally do, but you can have church with me right here this morning in your living room. You don't need me. You can get on the lawnmower and begin to pray and sing, and you and the Lord can have church. You can be going down the road and begin to sing and pray, and you and the Lord show up. There are many a times, and I don't want to frighten people, but there were many a times that I came down 2570 from Brown Mountain listening to the songs of praise and begin to sing and big tears roll down my face and I couldn't for the life of me tell you how I got from the bridge at Del Rio to downtown Newport because the being of the Lord was having a little church. You don't need everybody. You just need the Lord. And if you'll obey Him and you'll lift up His name, He'll be there with you. There are folks that have not prayed a prayer since the last one they prayed on the altar church. There are folks that haven't picked up their Bible since the last time the Sunday school lesson was read at church. You're just like this man. I don't have to physically take steps to walk away from Jerusalem. I can sit right on the pew with a hard heart and a bad attitude. <clears throat> be as far away as the east is from the west, <coughs> from the church. Folks, if you don't want to invite trouble, pray. Read your Bible. Church members, 
Christians, and I guess I made this statement the last time, I can't always be called that. I've had people get angry and upset with me and want to debate me over that. When I'm not Christ-like, I don't deserve the name. Christians, let's be Christians. Let's help one another. There'll be one of two things come out of this. Either we'll go home, we'll stay to ourselves, we'll never share a kind word, we'll never help anyone, and we'll just be so scared we can't move. And when all this is over, church doors won't open. Or we can love each other, we can call one another, you don't have to hug somebody's neck. You don't have to shake their hand to show them you love them. Take them, and I'm going to relate this. We had a neighbor. Mom and Dad had a neighbor pass away recently. And a couple weeks ago, his wife, who's in a wheelchair, who has some dementia, she sent her son out to Mom and Dad's house with a box. It had some toilet tissue, it had some canned goods, it had a card that said thank you for showing kindness in our time of need, and had a, had a little bit of money in it. And I know she wasn't no different from my mom and dad. That money, she probably needed it actually more than mom and dad did. But she wanted to do that to show love. She couldn't have hugged their necks. And showed a bit more love. What are you going to do today? Are you going to hide? Are you going to run away from the world? Or are you going to show people what you're made of? Is the blood that's coursing through your spiritual body going to make you move and show love to somebody today? Because tomorrow, I, I quoted you the suicide statistics, eight in the last two weeks, that's 10% of what it was for the whole year for Knox County. I'm here to tell you today, tomorrow may be too late. You better love people that day. You better love your neighbor. And if you show it the right way, when this is over, and it's going to be, sometimes God's got to get our attention. When this is over, who knows, if you show love to your neighbor, to your friends, to that stranger, and we open these doors again, they may be sitting right beside of you. There are people that this church has prayed for for years. I could name them. I'm not going to do that. But I could very well name them. Some little kindness you show today may be the reason they're in church with you tomorrow. May be the reason that they're in church that they get saved down the road. Folks, your peace is not in a bottle. Your peace is not in a pill. It's in Jesus. The Samaritan's waiting on you. The Samaritan has his hand outstretched right now. Would you call on him? Will you trust him?